Welcome to Speak It On. This program is designed for the edification and entertainment of the listeners and not designed to be representative of a church, nonprofit organization, or denomination. Opinions expressed are solely those of the host. Hey, this is LA. Welcome back. This is going to be the start of a series. This particular series is on spiritual warfare. And the reason I'm kind of looking at this is because uh, there are several topics that just don't get talked about anymore. Not in general circles. Uh, Oddly enough, spiritual warfare, you'll hear more in Pentecostal charismatic circles but you won't hear a lot of it not always in just your regular evangelical Protestant circles why is that? I don't know actually uh, you know, some of it has to do with the fact that spiritual warfare is pretty upsetting I mean, it covers several topics that are very, very strenuous to people. Uh, when you talk about spiritual warfare, you have to talk about heaven and hell and angels and demons and Satan and uh, the occult and some other stuff. And Those are generally not things that make people want to feel good and fuzzy about themselves. Um, those are not your your regular topics they're they're ghastly important though and they're important because if you're in the middle of a battlefield you can carry as many flowers with you as you want but you're still going to get hit with some kind of fire and you need to be prepared for that I don't normally like the Christian soldier, battlefield warrior mentality kind of situation. Why is that? Because it implies that we're going to go after and attack Satan and the powers that he has. And we do, and we are. However, you can't do that without obliterating the world. <laughs> uh, because it's uh, the, the stronghold, the foothold that Satan has is sin. And in the only way to get rid of sin is to start over, and Jesus is going to do that, but that's really not the individual's call. So what we have to do is, and and we can use this metaphor of a soldier, is we have to maintain a vigilant attitude towards spiritual warfare. So now... Right now, I'd just like to look at spiritual warfare itself. 
you know, why? Why do we have to struggle with evil, with the powers to be? Well, you know, other than the fact that it's there. Well, there's reasons, three reasons, I think, that come to my mind. First thing is, you're either progressing or you're sliding back. And a lot of the foothold that evil gets is inside us. It's what we allow Satan to do to us. That is because of the choices we make. If we choose, as believers, by the way, because you can only have a choice if you're a believer. If you're a non-believer, then you don't have a choice. You're going to choose and kind of gravitate to the world's kind of situation and make choices. They're eventually going to be self-destructive, just depending on who you are and how many choices you make. But if you're a believer and you make negative choices, in other words, sin, that gives Satan a foothold. And in some, in some people, it literally builds a fortress for him, and a house, and a bed, and a five-year, you know, five-story condo, and lets him live in it. Which means your, your life for God will not turn out very well. And yes, they're miserable Christians. Why are they miserable? Because their choices are not in line with what God's got in His Word. And eventually, they can do you in. Physically. Not spiritually, I don't believe. But physically, they can do you in. So the first thing is, is is it's there. I mean, it's in the world and it has to do with the sin in us because even though sin does not control believers, it is still a choice. And, and because of that, it gives the powers of darkness, however you want to look at it, uh, Satan, demons, devil, a foothold, a place to start. And believe me, the same, you know, Satan's been around forever. I'm well, not forever, excuse me, that's silly. He's not eternal. But he's been around for thousands and thousands of years. So he's studied humans, and he knows every possible conceivable way to push your button. If you have a button, he can find it, and he can push it. And when he does, he's going to try to trip you up. And that leads me to point two. Satan is an active, sentient force being in the universe. And he has plans. Are his plans going to come you know, to fruition? No. Not all of them. His main plan's not, because we already know that from the book of Revelations. 
and he knows it. He may be in denial, but he knows it. But the secondary plan he's got is to take as many people to hell with him as he possibly can. And he's got a real fixation on that. Which means, if you claim the name of Jesus and the Spirit is in you, if you are a believer, you have a target on you. you got a target on you. That means he's got a plan for you. And it's not a good plan. He wants your destruction. Now, there is hierarchy of angels. There's a hierarchy of good angels, and there's a hierarchy of bad angels. We know that from the Bible. Michael is one of the, you know, and Gabriel are one of the top good angels. Satan is, as far as we know, the top evil angel. So, has he got thoughts on you specifically? Maybe not. But here's what he's got. If you believe in Jesus, he's got a demon set, maybe several, to mess with you. And they are good at what they do. Not good, just good at being bad. And like I said, uh, the, uh, the time they've had to study humans and figure out ways to push our buttons and make us mess up. That's been a long time. Now, are they more powerful than good angels? Well, no. Uh, as a matter of fact, if you read in Isaiah, the fall of the angels, the evil angel Satan and his group, Lucifer, uh, at that point, then you know that only a third of the angels in heaven fell, which basically means there's a two-to-one ratio of good angels to bad angels, and God has good angels for you. Now, if you want to get a good example of how good angels intervene, read the book of Daniel. There's a, a segment where Daniel is praying, and a good angel comes, in fact, I believe it's Gabriel, to answer his prayer. And Gabriel just tells him, hey, I was hindered getting this answer to you by some bad angels. So here's the, here's the thing. They want destruction for every believer. In fact, they want destruction for every human because every human that's still breathing has the potential of being a believer and being a force of God for God in this world. So as quick as they can bring the destruction and death of as many humans as possible, they're into that. They are totally into that. But let me just tell you, there are people that just think this is utter nonsense. 
of course atheists would because they're like okay show me a, show me a demon show me a, you know evil doesn't exist you know oh it's all chemicals and stuff in the in the in the brain in the body i'm not saying chemicals don't have something to do with it but look you got people who are utterly focused on destruction and they are <laughs> under no circumstances uh, doing that all by them little all by their little self and supernatural stuff is going on but the issue is how do they get control in our lives if you're a believer we allow it how do we allow it well we allow it by having sin in our lives and not taking care of it and not confessing it and, and trying to repent from it. And there are times, there are times where God will allow us to be tested. God doesn't tempt people, but he can allow you to be tested. Because it's like anything you want to depend on, any person you want to depend on, any object you want to depend on. You want to test it to make sure it's going to hold up. What? How much pressure can this tool take? How much pressure can this person take? Because God's not in the habit of snapping us. But we have to know ourselves how much we can endure. And testing helps us to do that. Now the third point is, of course, you know, it has to do with our positive attitude in realizing that we are in a battle. We are in a battle. So, point number one is we have to realize that sin exists and that's a foothold. Point number two is we have to realize Satan exists and he is focused on us. He is a sentient, conscious being focused on destruction of people in general, but specifically believers in Jesus. Number three, we have to realize that we're in the battle. I mean, it's everywhere. And you're not going to hear in some pulpits a lot of talk of, or preaching about spiritual warfare. Because that's not necessarily a topic that gets people to give a lot. And some people, it just flat out upsets them. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know how to, you know, if you're on fire, you're on fire. You know, how, how do you tell somebody, oh, well, you know, you look like you're smoking an awful lot. Uh, sounds like you might have a problem. Everyone's in a battle. Paul talks about Ephesians, well, this verse, Ephesians 16, 12, it's a pretty common verse. This is the section where uh, he gets into the armor of God. And he's using a metaphor as an example. He's, 
And uh, the reason I, I try to say that is because people take these metaphors and run them to the rails and, 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 and okay, we're all soldiers. Well, no, if, if you've been in the army, you're a soldier. But we're, yes, and there is the army of God, and, and that's a metaphor as well. But Paul, but when we focus too hard on the metaphor, we miss Paul's point. The point is this, and this is where he comes, comes with the point. He says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers and against authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. And of course, you know, verse 13, Ephesians 6, 13, is where he takes up, you know, talks about the armor of God. The word wrestle is an interesting word. The word wrestle actually means to throw, to try to hold down. Pale is the way it is in Greek. But it comes from balo, which means to throw. So literally, this is like a judo match. I mean, this is jujitsu kind of stuff. I mean, you're throwing, you know, it, it's, it's a ongoing wrestling on try to getting the upper hand. So what do you do in a wrestling match? You try to pin the other person. You try to pin them and keep them there. Well, guess what? From Satan's perspective, he's trying to pin us and keep us there until we die and then yeah, we go to be with Jesus but we don't have any more effect in this world but we need to pin him and keep him down how do you do that? you give him less leverage Less leverage means less sin. More Bible study. And why do we study the Bible? Because we study because we are going to do it. And if you do it, then you can avoid sin. If you focus on the Spirit... You don't have time to do a lot of a lot of sin if you're focusing on what God wants done. So the key is, and I prefer to I prefer to think of uh, to to you. I like the wrestling metaphor a lot. I like I like that the soldier metaphor. I think people run away with that too far. Uh, I really feel like. Uh, the wrestling metaphor is, is is really cool though because because it's really what we're doing. We're trying to pin the other player, and the other player is the devil, is Satan, and keep him there so that we're in control. And we do that with the power of the Holy Spirit. So this is part one.
on realizing the struggle. And I want to encourage you each and every day to keep on keeping on. Thank you for listening to this edition of Speak It On. If you would like to support this ministry, then please go to Patreon under L.A. Blackburn. May God bless every effort you make to do His will in His Word.